Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. So I guess this one come this this episode comes out coming off of the crawfish bowl, yeah. Which I assume was an awesome event. We gave away lots of great prizes. Congratulations to all the winners. I don't know who you are yet because that's just still two days prior to the event happening in podcast world. Oh, is it Jordan wrecked Breyer's boat? No, 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 no. <laughs> listen, we're not talking about William and my gambler now. So, <laughs> I, um, excuse know. me, our gambler. Yeah, our gambler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I might have, you know, took that turn a little too fast and in the meeting that I didn't take the turn at all. I just went off the backside of it. Right after, yeah. yeah. Right after I had said, hey, slow down a little bit. I don't have the lift on this thing yet. <laughs> and uh, he said, okay, slow down a little bit. And then he seen it straight away and just the master to the floor. The little Subaru said, like, off to the woods. Yeah, it was a 2001 Subaru Forester with the... Uh, exhaust cut off in front of the catalytic converters because the hangers were broken in the back <laughs> just cut it off clean and let it eat <laughs> yeah i've learned in gambler it looks like most of them are from scramble town yeah <laughs> you know what's funny is me and briar ha- split it uh four hundred dollars eight hundred dollars we split it four hundred a piece yeah something like that and then i wrecked it for free oh there you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> after i daily drove it for like Two weeks after you totaled your truck, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was actually the car when when we had Chris in here. It's probably been almost two years now, not two years. Yeah, uh, we actually had that car on a trailer at the hot rod shop. We did the podcast. Yeah, in. I think we had just put a water pump in it before Chris got there. No, we didn't have a water pump in it yet. We drove, we we fired it up and ran it without the water pump in it. Yeah, because we were going to put the water pump in it. <laughs> With the put uh, ran it with the bad pump in there because you just kind of limp it around, you know, yeah. or dog the shit out of it through the bushes. Yeah, we had all the uh, all the sway bars off it, so if you hit a turn real good and dropped her in first gear and railed it, it'd pick that front tire up. <laughs> it was a mean little car, but uh, well, we don't have any events left. I'm still trying to figure out how to get this swan the the podcast recorder on the swanee river put together it's being a real pain in the ass but i will figure it out and i'll get it out here shortly but 
that uh, I got the mics are offset by like two hundredths of a millisecond, so you get this wicked echo. And I'm trying to fix that offset to get those going. So tonight we're here to talk about the Gambler 500. Yeah. And I've got, uh, I'm your host, Will Cubs. I've got Jordan here with me tonight. I'm here. Let's get it. Yeah, Briar. Hey, um, Jim. Yes, sir. And Ernie. Hello. Ernie, uh, what are you, the master of ceremonies? Uh, it's what we call the event coordinator. Event coordinator? Yeah. I'm the guy that gets no sleep for the weeks prior going into it. <laughs> I understand how that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how many people do you guys usually have show up to that event? Uh, this past year, we had uh, we had well over 500 with volunteers, the people that got through the gate that were no charge. Uh, we had 430 uh, people that were there on wristbands, and then all the rest of the people that had came in for basically volunteers to help at the gate, volunteers to, you know, help put the event on. Um, volunteers for the merchandising and just, you know, picture taking. Um, we ended up filling up a 32 yard roll off, which we have success successfully done every year. Right. Um, this year I do have some plans that I'm looking into. I'm not quite sure if we're going to be back at spider spider will have us, until the day they close their gates and then they have their new facility that they've opened and they've welcomed us there. But I'm trying to get us back into the Ocala national forest. Uh, the problem is the state forest, the convicts are out there cleaning up the trash. So there's not a lot, but out in the national forest. Oh, my oh God, we know it is <laughs> nasty. <clears throat> you, you could spend weeks just going down 14 yeah, with a poker picking up pulled oh, pop yeah. cups. We've pulled tons of trash. That's not oh, exaggeration. Yeah. We, the four of us, have pulled several tons of trash out of there. Yeah. Well, on my way here, coming through Ocala, <clears throat> I went ahead and I came through the forest. Um, as we all know, um, days after Gambler, tragic loss, I lost my daughter. <laughs> And I wanted to spread her ashes over at um, Blue Sink. Unfortunately, it would be very selfish of me because my uh, ex-wife and her family don't possess four-wheel drives. And that's what it takes <laughs> to get in Blue Sink. But we went and looked at it at nighttime. So today I was just riding because I was running way early. And I went on down to Blue Sink just to clear my head. And I'm looking and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. But everywhere you see is trash, mm -hmm. trash. I mean, it is like you pack it in, pack it out. It, it, it's, it doesn't hurt, you know, get rid of it. You know, people that I, I can't understand. I've seen it so many times at sitting in a parking lot, at a convenience store. I remember been a couple weeks or been a couple years back. This guy just throws his drinks out the window. I guess he didn't like it. I walk over and look at him and says, well, I do apologize, sir. Did you drink one to your satisfaction? Let me throw this away for you, you know. But and the, the funny part was with Gambler, the first Gambler that we ever put on, I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I honestly did not know what it was about. My, a friend of mine who had built um, the Yellow Peep, the PT Cruiser Jeep style. Oh, that's back car. then. Yeah, that was back in, that was our first year of Gambler. That was actually my wife's car that she had blowed up. And I told Mike at this point in time, you know, the car's blowed up, you know, we're going to have to get her something different. But let's take the car, put a motor in it, get rid of it. You know, yep, that would be the that's badass because that's that's my Dodge Dakota sitting behind it. <laughs> you know, that's Mike, the man that built the car, and that was his wife there at the time. And then, of course, there's, there's you in the same outfit you're wearing now. Uh, yeah, I've been wearing overalls for quite some time. Pretty sure you've got the same shirt on too. Probably, <laughs> but um, what ended up happening was. Mike said to me, he said, he said, we're not going to make no money on this car. I said, okay, well, then scrap the damn thing. He goes, I want to build a gambler. I said, what the hell is a gambler? He goes, oh, it's a, it's a navigational course out through the Ocala National Forest, 500 miles. And he goes, you've grown up out there. You've run dogs. You know every inch of them woods. I said, yeah. Still nobody had told me this was about going out and picking up trash. This wasn't a real race. Right. So it- I'm like. Hey, I can do this. I got a Volkswagen that was given to me. So me and my son resurrect this Volkswagen. And I talked my buddy into driving to Dakota to carry spare gas and parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike starts telling me that we were going to put it on at Hard Rock. And, okay, no big deal. I told Mike, I said, well, I mean, Hard Rock, that's out there by I-75 and 326. That's, you know, a little good ways from the Ocala National Forest. But... If that's what I'm put it on, that's great. It's only three miles from my house. I get to sleep in my own bed at night. Right. Well, I hear through the grapevine that there were some issues going on. And I met Chris at the VW factory. He came up for a car show. And, of course, I had, you know, all my Volkswagens up there. And uh, I recognized him from Facebook. And I said, uh, Keg mix the can. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you know. Oh, yeah. I said, uh, you're Chris Hayes. And he said, yes, I am. He said, who are you? I said, well, my name is Ernie. I said, you know, I said, you're having Mike build uh, trophies and stuff for your gambler event. He said, yes. And uh, I said, I'm understanding that we're having a little issue with uh, the camp area that you were talking about. And he says, yeah. I said, well, I just happened to know a guy. I said, why did you not try to get into Hogwaller? He said, I've tried. He said, but. I don't know who to talk to. I said, well, lucky for you. I know a man that knows a man. So I called my buddy Rick, who was very good friends with the owner of Hogwarts. And they got together. Skeet agreed to meet with Chris. All I did was give, you know, have them transfer phone numbers. Well, Chris calls me all excited. We got Hogwaller. I'm like, okay. Well, me and Rick discussed we need to go to this to protect our interest, which was Hogwaller. Right. Still not knowing what the gambler was. Still not knowing it was about picking up trash. It was about trail management. And it was about having a good time. So I come in Friday afternoon. And as I get there, I'm trying to get my motorhome set up. I'm trying to, and I look out and there are people in the camp area cutting donuts. And I mean, just 
they're unloading, they're having a blast. And I'm like, uh, Skeet will kill us. So I'm out there, you know, right off the bat, don't do that. We'll kick you out of here. You know, you got to behave. So all of a sudden, oh, there's our bug that we built. That bug? was our first gambler. The one back. The blue one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my. Very yes. nice. Yes. We still have that car. <laughs> I gave it to my son. <laughs> and uh, so right off the bat, you know, it was me and Chris's wife, Darla, that was basically the... Police and everybody. Yeah, police and everybody. Yeah. So I remember, you know, Friday night, I was up all night, you know, and telling people, all right, you can't do this, can't do that, you know. Chris comes to me, you know, the next morning early. He says, uh, he says, you know, you're a avid, you know the forest, you know a lot of the trails, you know a lot of the rules out here. He said, uh, will you help me in the driver's meeting? I'm like, oh, sure, you know, I mean, Sucker. Yeah, what do you want me to talk about in the driver's (laughs) meeting? So I do remember, I said, well, you know what? I can lay the law down here because at Hogwaller, we have a 10 o'clock curfew. We have to be shut down by 10 o'clock. The the surrounding houses around there, they will call the cops, you know. So I remember getting up on the trailer, looking at all these people, and uh, I kept hearing everybody say, you know, what's the first rule of a gambler? The first rule of gamblers, don't be a dick. So I looked around and I hollered at everybody. I said, what is the first rule of a gambler? And they all hollered at me, don't be a dick. I said, well, I'm that dick. <laughs> you shut it down at 10 o'clock. You do five mile an hour through my camp area. No cutting donuts. No donuts. No <laughs> I lay down the laws. And then I tell them, all right, when you're out in the forest and you're out running, if you come you know, if you're going down the road there and all of a sudden you see these gates open and you see, you know, these clay hills, you know, and all that, don't go in there. It's a trap. <laughs> you know, it's a trap. Forestry will catch you. I mean, they catch us all the time down in there. You know, and I never had thought, you know, and I, I explained to him during that time, it was, you know, on the southern end of the bombing range, was they were still running dogs. They were still dog training. And so I'm explaining to them, look, y'all are out there running up and down these roads. You get around the bombing range over on that side, you got to be careful because you're going to have dogs. They'll they'll come out of the road on you. You're going to have trucks coming at you. And you're going to have a lot of people, if you're racing through there, they're going to be upset. I said, so watch yourself on the trails and everything. And I remember remember one of the last things, you know, um, I gave a bullhorn back to Chris and He's sitting there, you know, gave a few more, telling people stuff. And I, and I remember at the last minute, I said, I got to screw with the guy who got me into this, which was Mike, the gentleman who built the Peep. Well, he owned Jeep Rehab. And for some reason, people has always thought that I hated Jeeps. I don't. I own one. At that time, I didn't. So I grabbed the bullhorn. I said, I got one more thing. Not knowing Chris and Darla were Jeep owners, too. <laughs> so I holler, how many Jeep people we got here? And a bunch of guys raise their hand. Yeah, yeah. I said, all right. I said, so when you pull out here on the 310, I said, you go up to 19, take a left, and go down the malls on the left. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, of course, they're all like, ah. So we all disband and we all leave. Still me not knowing, okay, this is what we're supposed to be doing, picking up trash. So we start going to the waypoints, you know. I never did any research on this, what this was, but I knew that I had to be back at a certain time. And I remember getting back. There's a restaurant down the road from Hogwaller. 
I get back there and I'm just so tired from running around the night before. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at Rick. I was like, I don't want to go back there. And he's like, we got to your motorhomes there. I said, I'll pick that bastard up next week. I don't want to go back there. <laughs> I don't want to have to chase people around. <laughs> and he's like, no, we got to go back there. So I remember everybody coming in, you know, they were kind of tired and actually they were mellow until one guy decided he was going to try to take a Toyota rock crawler and he was going to try to crawl on top of the Mercedes. So, and they're going to Facebook it live. I'm sitting in my camper and all of a sudden my radio goes off or not my radio goes off. My phone goes off. I get a text that says, you got to get out here. And I hear the Mercedes turbo winding up. I go running out and I jump on the side by side and I go racing around there. And as I come around the corner, here's a big crowd of people and they all turn around and look and I hear, oh, killjoy. And man, they were like turning on the lights in a crack shack. The roaches just went. (laughs) (laughs) And here that truck is up on top and he's digging ruts, trying to crawl over this car. And I'm like, oh my God. And I see Darla at a dead run coming towards us. I looked at the guy, I said, you're screwed. (laughs) Oh, what, what? I said, dude, I'm here to protect y'all from her. You know, and she's telling him, you're going to clean those. You're going to put, fill in the holes and everything. So, you know, the next, you know, the next day we, a few people went out, we all came back and we ended up having, uh, you know, we ended up having this award ceremony. I still had no clue what it was about. Still hadn't done any research. Nobody had told me. That's why these dumpsters were down here. You know, we had a big dumpster and still it was never mentioned. So, you know, that was the first gambler that was in the books. And at that point in time, you know, Chris and Darla had only, only thought of like, you know, 50, 60 people show up. There was over 200 people show up to the first one. So didn't think nothing about it. You know, it's behind us. Um, several months later, Chris calls me up out of the blue and says, we're going for number two. I said, you gotta be shitting me. He said, yeah, <laughs> we're going for number two. And he goes, um, you know, he goes, check out the website. I said, okay, website, what website? He said, check out the website. So I check out the website. You know, he tells me I read it and I'm like, he's got a picture of me in there. You know, I'm like, and they dubbed me the airboat captain. <laughs> So I start reading more about this gambler thing. Then I actually start researching it and I'm finding out this is about cleaning up. This so is you, about did a, you did a whole gambler. Not having you were clue. the You were the field marshal. Yeah. And had no idea. I had no idea why we was there. <coughs> you really got suckered into that one, didn't you? Oh, lock, stock, and barrel. <laughs> so, you know, we had put on a couple other little, you know, events you know, after Gambler 2 and some mini bike races and, you know, and Chris had asked me, you know, could I come and help? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I came and helped at one. We did at the Hard Rock or not at the Hard Rock, but at the Bullring. And all the little mini bike guys dubbed me the wheelie Nazi because I told them, you know, they're out there cutting donuts in the pit and riding wheelies. And I'm like, and the owner's getting pretty well ticked. This is his property. They're tearing up. I'm like, y'all quit. You know, so it kind of has rolled that. I had always been, you know, the strong arm, the security guy to keep everybody, you know, everybody all in check. Well, third year gambler comes around, you know, Chris had done told me, he's like, well, you know, he says, this is my last. 
And I'm like, mm, nah, I don't think so. So I went out. I got a sponsor, Waste Pro. They sponsored, you know, the dumpster. I went out and I talked to a couple of our clients and, you know, we own and operate PNS Road Service. So that was, you know, unbeknownst to my brother. He didn't realize, guess what? We're now sponsoring the gambler, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so he's always talking about free advertisement. So we got free advertisement. But we started, you know, getting a little bit more serious about it. And our, our first year that we put on, you know, the event at Spider. The owner, you know, come in and basically told us, well, you can do this, you can do that with the track. And we did what was called the triple threat. That's where we had Hoop DX there. We had a mini bike race going. We had the gambler going. And let me tell you, I was bouncing everywhere. Trying to help Hoop DX run their stuff. Trying to help Chris take care of this. And I mean, I am literally running all around this, you know, this park. Uh, they're having problems with the pumps, trying to pump <clears throat> water out of the track because it is during the rainy season. So there I am and my son's helping the track guy fix the pumps. And of course, Mike that owns Spider at this point in time, you know, he didn't know who I was. <laughs> so he says to me, he goes, well, you know, uh, I do, you know, he started realizing that I was the guy that would yell at people to slow down, you know, do this, do that. He comes up and he asks me, he says, hey, I put on a lot of events here. Will you come work my security? Well, yeah, sure. You know, I'll do anything. Make a dollar if I keep my clothes on. You know, <laughs> I mean, so I start, you know, helping out a little bit at the track. Meanwhile, you know, I got Chris talked in for another year, you know, and he talks, talks me into going to Tennessee. We do. Uh, chaos in the canyon mini bike race and oh. let me tell you that was chaos in the canyon this overland course for mini bikes that would beat the snot out of dirt bikes now you you say mini bikes and i'm thinking like fat tires and a lawnmower engine a 10-4 with a grown man on it and and, and you're telling no me suspension you're telling me somebody was doing somebody was doing wheelies in that thing oh yeah yeah they take them things they I feel yeah. like to do a wheelie on a mini bike, it's got to be something akin to doing it on a Harley. But listen, yeah. let me tell you, if you take that engine, yeah. remember that engine that you and Briar bought for not the even, long tail that we were going to build? That not even five that. horse that, that racing. Little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not even that. But you put anybody on two wheels, and they're going to try to do a wheelie. Somebody's going to try to do a wheelie eventually. It's going <laughs> to happen. Well, as I told Chris, I said you have to understand. I said whenever you put rednecks alcohol woods and mud together something's gonna get interesting that's right yeah. <laughs> you know and you can't just stand there and look at it and no 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 you and can't. i can tell you some of these guys that build these mini bikes because we did you know we did the 24-hour laminis at jacksonville uh international raceway well that sounds like a blast uh, yeah, it is until you stay up for 23 hours <laughs> yeah, yeah but literally they would start racing they started racing at Saturday morning at 10 o'clock and they raced till Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I mean, it was that year. It was rainy. It was nasty. I had an old Volkswagen that I took the one I cut the back off. We were rescuing bikes as they broke down on the track. You know, we would literally get them off the track. They'd fix the bikes. They'd come back out there. Um, this we've put that on three years in a row now. 
the first year I was there, the second year I had already come off hunting season. I came off another gambler event. And my wife's like, I don't care what's going on, but we're going to go do something. I'm thinking to myself, well, this is the weekend of the Lamini. She's like, I don't care. So we're in Cedar Key and I'm checking my phone. Finally, she looks at me and says, do you just want to go to Jacksonville? I said, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm wanting to say yes, but you know, happy wife, happy life, <laughs> you know? So, I do, uh, I, I do remember, you know, Chris was a fireman and one of our, uh, mini bike guys there, uh, Corey had shoved a Christmas tree into the burn can. Well, everybody oh here that knows when you light up a Christmas tree, crackle, crackle. Yeah. And of course, all of a sudden flames shoot up into the pit is from what I'm understanding. And Chris is telling me the story and he goes, the firefighter's instinct kicks in. All of a sudden, we are throwing the red flags, you know, stop the race, stop the race. They're thinking that the whole pit is on fire. <laughs> and Chris goes running back there, and it's just this burn can, and all the guys around looking like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and Chris is like, oh, I'm going to kill him. So the, the purpose of the 24-hour minis is just last man standing, who went the furthest over 24 hours? Basically, what it is is, is they count their laps. Yeah. You know, who uh, went the furthest, who went the furthest, you have teams and with, with any gambler event, it's not about who went the furthest. It's not about who picked up the most trash. You got a lot of things in there that, that can vary. You might've went, you might, you might've went the furthest, but you also might've ignored rule number one of the gambler. Don't be a dick. So you might've been a dick to go further than everybody else. While this guy back here did less laps, but he stopped to help this person. Or he stopped to help that person. So he got awarded extra points for acts of kindness. He so there is, a, there is a way to win, so to speak. Yes. But you never really know exactly how you panned out until the end based on what other people associated. Pretty much. I love it. Let's do it. We give extra points for gambler for get your picture took him with a cop. Okay. This year at Gambler, <laughs> we can make that work. <laughs> yeah. This year at Gambler, and in five years of putting on Gambler, we've never had the police show up. Well, as Gambler's gotten bigger, you know, we've gotten a little more, you know, tech savvy. Now we all have radios. And all of a sudden, I get a radio call. The police are here. I'm like, hold on. I've had to talk to the police many a time at the, uh, at the events for Mike, you know, for the Swamp Fest. But I've never had to talk to police for the gambler. So, of course, I jump on the four-wheeler. I race out there to the officer. I'm like, how you doing? And he goes, oh, I'm fine. I just came to look at the cars. And I'm like, what do you mean came to look at the cars? He had went to the car show in the villages. The gamblers all went and took all these clapped out pieces of crap up there <laughs> and did a car show. <laughs> and one of, one of the people had talked him into coming back to the camp to check out the other cars. And I was like, I wish I would have got a phone call or a text. Because yeah. <laughs> now here we got the cops. I'm like, what's going on? But I mean, it's... And the thing is with a gambler... I figured, I figured that was a sucker's bet, right? Because if you oh, can yeah. get your... Well, c come with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I was like... Whoa. Like I said, look, me and Jordan looked at this. Like, we, we can arrange something. Yeah. We can oh, make yeah. this I, happen. I know plenty of... Leo in Lake County. Yeah. And there's a fair amount of forest in Lake County. So I can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Leo by bad circumstances. So, well, you know, 
But I mean, it, it's and the thing is, is see, gambler. Everybody says, "Oh, it's a bunch of rednecks out there racing around in the woods." Actually, believe it or not, you'd be surprised how many rednecks are there. There's not that many. We get a lot of people from South Florida. We get a lot of people from Jacksonville. We get people from all over, yeah. from all walks of life. And gambler for me has actually pulled me out of that. You know, I always been you know hang out with my buddies, my redneck buddies, and leave the little city people alone. I mean, I still try to leave them alone, but we've been able to bring them out and show them, you know, our our beauty, our our woods, you know, where we love to hunt, where we love to fish, where we love to just a trail ride. You know, I don't know about for you guys. I can tell you a lot of times when I'm having a rough day, I jump in one of my clapped out piece of crap, so whichever one's going to start, and I strike out for my dirt road therapy. Oh, 100%. You know, everybody says, oh, you need to go see a therapist. I go see a therapist. I get out there on them dirt roads. Six of them. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I go out and I get on them dirt roads and I'll get out somewhere over, you know, over one of some of the spots we hunt. And it's beautiful out there. And I'll just sit there and I'll watch the sun go down and me and the Lord will have a talk, you know. And it's gamblers brought me out of that shell. You know, because I never thought that I'd have to explain to somebody in a driver's meeting, hey, if you come across and you run a snake over, don't get out and check on it because it might be pissed. (laughs) Gambler 4, we had a gentleman down in Richlong area, ran over a moccasin, and he gets out in his flip-flops. You're a little kicky? Yeah, and checks it. Well, this thing was not dead. It was playing possum. Rarely ever are. Bit him right on the end of the toe. Oh, man. The toe he used to have that yeah. rotted off necrotically. <laughs> so next thing you know, me and Chris are getting texts and we're getting, you know, uh, we're, we're seeing on the Facebook page that this fella is in the hospital. And I'm like, and Chris looks at me and I was like, well, I'm sorry I didn't touch on that on the driver's meeting, but I never <laughs> thought I would have to. You know, man, it, it really takes all kinds of kinds to make the world go around. It does. We we run we get people like that out to all our events. Uh, yeah, put, from putting up wood duck boxes to small game hunts, and especially yeah. stuff like this crawfish boil and uh, the Swanee River canoe trip, which we just got back from a few weeks ago. Uh, we do fifty miles over five days in the Swanee River in canoes. Oh wow! And uh, some of those canoes do resemble gambler gamblers. Um, <laughs> yes, my wife always wanted me to go kayaking, and I told her I'm too fat for a kayak. <laughs> I mean, I get, I, I've tried to canoe, I've tried a kayak, and I've have managed to sink both of them. What you, what you needed though was we had a guy this year took an aluminum canoe and then made outriggers out of coolers with a with some aluminum uh, straight bar, and then strapped them to his canoe. Hmm. And they were in that canoe. They had the two coolers on the side, a Yeti forty five on top, and one, yeah. one of the guys was standing on top of that Yeti forty five fishing going down the river. Well, we also do a thing called sink or swim. And I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you have my attention. Yeah. Sink or swim is supposed to be non powered. Uh, non powered. You're supposed to make, you know, a raft out of whatever you want to. And it floats. Yeah. But it's like the opening day of archery season or something. When do you do it? Uh, we've done them in October, early part of October. Maybe it's. Yeah, early muzzle season. I yeah. think it's muzzle loader seasons when he's yeah. yeah I well, think the, the first year we looked at that, we all had a hunt in rocks, yeah, or something like that. And I remember, God, I remember when uh, I remember 
somebody had posted on there that we were going to do this. And I called Chris. I said, Chris, are you crazy? What do you mean? <laughs> I said, why are we putting on a sink or swim going down the Aqua River? That says black water, dude. I said, you can't see the gators when they come after you. <laughs> I said, somebody's going to get eaten. You know, I'm, t- I'm telling him, I, was like, I don't think it's a good idea. I said, but he goes, well, you know, I already told him they could put it on and run it under the gambler name. I'm like, yeah, I won't be in town that weekend. <laughs> you know, wife had a friend coming in and she's like, you're not going because I know you, you won't make it home. So I went to the second year secret swim and that was pretty interesting. Never thought I'd see a porta potty floating down the river oh, with guys yeah. in it. Hell yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking plastic. Yeah. Uh, 55. Oh, my God. Yeah. Some, well, some pallets. I'm the smart one. Happen. I bring the boat <laughs> that go. has 150 horse, you know, Yamaha in the back. So, oh, the yammer, hammer. yeah. So, next thing you know, I am pulling about 15, you know, non powered rafts of homemade origin down the river. And of course, we're dodging crab pots left and right. And unfortunately, the guys that used the barrels would grab the pra- the, the the barrel would grab the crab pot, and we'd have to stop and get the pot out, you know, so we could let it float because we didn't want to take them guys' pots. I mean, that's they're out there. They get ordinary, huh? They, those guys will come after you the shotgun. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, but it, it was just so interesting to watch some of these guys. One guy had actually took a lawnmower. And he broke the rules, you know, but, eh, gambler. Please tell me he made a paddle boat. He made a paddle boat. Yes. And I was long that time. was this year. And we went down the river, and it did pretty good. Was it a zero turn? So you had one no, on each side? No, no, no. It was actually a uh, it was actually a regular rider mower. One boy come in. He had, uh, he had made some kind of lightweight raft, and he had tried to put a blower, a, a leaf blower on the back. Yeah, he did not get too far. Yeah, see, see, the trick with the paddle boat would be yep. to do it with a zero turn, so you could put a paddle on each side, so that you could yes. turn the boat. You know, be yes. perfect. And a water cannon up front. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, actually, not and with an impeller, so that way it's just sucking it right out. You'd never run out of ammo. It'd get you a little <laughs> <theater> <laughs> like delusion gun, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the the like I said, this past year or the year before last, when we put on the sink or swim up there, uh, we started out the Rodman Dam Reservoir, and we went on up to the next boat ramp which is right off 19. Well, my son had ventured off with a couple of the other people and they went down the wrong finger of the lake or or the wrong finger of the river. So of course I get to the other end and I'm like, all right, now I'm looking for my kid. I can't go home and tell my wife, I don't have my son. It's just not going to be good. So I get all the way back and it was a gentleman by the name of Justin Butler. You know, they had came out with this piece of foam and they had put a sofa on it, and they had a grill. Now Justin is uh, Justin is always bending the rules. Unbeknownst to everybody, inside the grill was a little tiny three or four horsepower motor that was inside the grill. So a little cheat, yeah. So as I come around the corner, here I see. I here I see this flat piece of foam coming at me, and I see Justin standing. And, of course, he's had plenty of Malort, which is, I don't know how that's become the drink of the gambler. I mean, that stuff. I don't even know what the hell Malort is. Uh, I think I've heard of it. It is, I, I, I want to say the best way you can say it, it's like drinking nasty creek water. It was filtered through a gym sock. 
It, it's just terrible. <laughs> so is it, is, this, I this take reminds it, me. Is of, it alcoholic? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. This, this yeah. reminds me of something. So yeah. we're on the Swanee River, and you know where I'm going with this now. <laughs> Jake's like, "Hey, did I tell you about my bum beers?" <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, I don't want to know. I said, what? He said, yeah, I got bum beers. I said, what are bum beers? He's like, hi, man. This this bum come walking up to the shop just straight blitzed one morning at 9 a.m. and he was holding this beer. And was, what, he's a crazy like, horse? Or? He's a crazy horse. And it said $1.50 on the can. It's like a 25 ounce can. And he's, he says, man. If that'll get you that fucked up at nine o'clock in the morning, so I gotta get some of those. He said, so I went to the closest gas station. And you bought like eight of them. So we're going to the room. It's like, you want a bum beer? And you take a drink. I'm like, it's not terrible. It's not great. I mean, it's unique. So every yeah. time somebody's like, hey, can I get a beer? He's like, yeah, sure. Grabs a bum beer and hands him that dollar fifty twenty five ounce. <laughs> well, I've listened to the sink or swim thing, and this is made for Jake Bigby. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah. It, fab, fab me up a battleship. <clears throat> it is quite interesting. Like I said, so far I've seen them take a truck bed and 55-gallon barrels and they made a paddle boat out of it. I've seen a dumpster. I've seen um, a porta potty um, Just anything crazy that will float, they make it, you know. But it's not supposed to be motorized. <clears throat> mm, well, you know, that's the funny thing about rules. Some of them are made to be bent. <laughs> Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel. From business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters. We all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammes, multi-state law practice, focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamas.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N-V-H-A-M-M-E-S dot com. Offices, Florida and South Carolina. All right, the spirit is... Just like the spirit of the gambler was originally... And how how far are we going? Uh, I want to say it's actually nine miles, or it's either nine or six miles between those two landings. Okay. We got it. But the trick is, is you got to make sure you follow the proper way. Uh, I told him this year, 
uh, I'll go out the week before, and I'm going to put up some arrows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that way we can kind of keep everybody kind of together. You picking up trash out of the river, or is it just see if you can get to the end? See if you can get to the end. I mean, if we see trash, we try to get it. Um, sometimes it's a little dangerous getting closer to the banks because yeah. it is flooded. You got to watch out for moccasins. You got to watch out for, you know, teeth. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, we do we we do try to do a cleanup there. Um, we do uh, June. Let's see. I think uh, June eleventh. We we've adopted a road in Ocala, and we are doing um, we're going to do a road cleanup. It'll be on a Sunday, and after that, we're going over to Cohead Joe Park. I think I might have butchered that. I'm not sure. But it's all on our webpage, um, on the Facebook, and we're going to have a little barbecue. You know, Gambler 500 Florida is going to pay for the hamburgers, the hot dogs, and everybody bring their own drinks and bring a covered dish, you know. And we're going to go out and we're going to pick up litter along the road that we've had adopted and may even go a little further and, you know, hit a couple spots. I'm going to bring the dump trailer. And uh, I'm just cluing in that gambler is not just a race. It's a it's a it's an organization that finds excuses to go clean shit up or get dirty. Right. Or both. Well, gambler preferably gambler 500 was started by a gentleman by the name of Tate Morgan out in Oregon. And originally, from what I gather and what I understand, it started out as a friendly little race between 15 friends to take a five hundred dollar junk beater. And go 500, you know, miles throughout the woods. And while you're out there, pick up the trash. You know, Gambler 500 has became the world or the United States largest trail cleanup. Because we don't, in each state, you have a gentleman like myself. You know, and of course, I'm taking over from Chris Hayes, which are big shoes to fill. Um, But we have our event coordinators. You have event coordinator for, uh, I believe, North Carolina. You have event coordinator for Tennessee. You have event coordinators for uh, Texas. Uh, the Lone Star Gambler right now, he's putting on the Mexican Gambler 500, which is held down in Terlingua, Texas, which is going on right now. Uh, starts, I want to say, I believe it's starting tomorrow and goes till Sunday. And, you know, we went there. I'm talking, oh, my God, it was beautiful. Big, big Ben. You know, I mean, just beautiful out there. And you go into the, we go into the little town in Terlingua and, you know, we went down to the little main street and, you know, we went around to the bars and stuff and we picked up the trash. We clean up, you know, we go ahead and, you know, we, we just pick up the litter. We get it out of there. Try to preserve our woods, you know, just clean up. And the little mini bikes, I can't understand you know, I, I never knew where the mini bikes came into it. It was just a part of it, you know, but we, we're, you know, I was talking about Blue Sync earlier. I rode down there. I'm not sure when I'm going to set a date and we're going to do a Blue Sync cleanup. And I'm going to bring the dump trailer in and we're going to get out there. We're going to do a cleanup. I'll buy the hamburgers, the hot dogs, everything can bring a drink. We'll clean up and then we'll all jump in the water and go swimming. You know what's interesting, too, about cleaning up an area? We even noticed this. Um, Probably time to get back out there and look at it again. But there's a place up in Paisley where the National Forest Road comes in and hits the hard road. Yeah. Goes into Altoona. And for years, man, it was just, it just became a a dump, man. Construction material, people tear it down. You can tell a lot of 
places where like somebody clean out a trailer and just dump it there. And I went out there and over a period of time cleaned it up. And and, and you guys helped finish it off, you know, but then I go back out and somebody had still dumped and I cleaned that up. But I, I persistently cleaned it up for a period. And after it was persistently cleaned up and it wasn't a dump anymore, people stopped dumping there or certainly reduced. Now, I've been out there now in probably two years, so it may be back to being a dump. And what I was wondering is if you'd also notice some of that, that if you guys go out and you clean up an area, once it's clean, people are less likely to choose to use that as a dump site. Because some of it is the asshole goes and backs up, literally takes a dump trailer down off side road and and starts the dump. But once it's there, other people start dumping, even if it's just their Bud Light cans, their Polar Pops, which I'd actually like to ask you, when you cleaned up the trash, what is the most commonly disposed of beer can or beer bottle in the woods? What brand? Believe it or not, I find a lot of Budweiser. Bud Light, yeah. man. Yeah. We, Bud Light. yeah. Be- before the most recent controversy, we were always saying like Bud, yeah. Bud Light is the choice of scumbags, man. I mean, <laughs> you know. Still is. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, and, and see, the thing is, is I'm, I'm also the board of director of Dippin' Fat Hunting Club up in Dixie County. And I've walked them woods and you wouldn't believe how much trash I'd found. And this is private property. 14,000 acres that we have to hunt on. Yep. And it, it just amazes me, you know, and somebody will just roll in there. They'll see a, you know, a road that's off to the side. They'll pull back in there. They'll clean out the bed of their truck. How many pop top cans have we found out there? Well, we that found, one didn't come from out there. That, that one didn't, but that's a pop top, condition. right? We find, yeah. we find pop top cans all the time. Oh, yeah. So that tells you that a lot of that, going back to what I was saying earlier, a lot of that trash is legacy trash. Yes. Right, yes. you clean it up, and people, I believe, there's always the dirt bag. But I think your your more casual litter bug is less likely to litter in that spot if mm-hmm. it's pristine. And that's that's the thing is, you know, we've talked to forestry before, and we've talked to, you know, a f- they they focus on the gambler guys are out there just tearing up the roads. Okay. Well, I don't understand where they can say that, but eh, if that's the way they feel, they haven't really paid attention to us dog hunters. Yeah, we can tear up the roads too, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. they they haven't paid attention to the kids that are growing up in Scramble Town or Salt Springs. I mean, we always went out there. I can't tell you how many times we were out there cutting donuts and having a good time, and FWC coming. What are you doing? Well, we're riding. We're teenagers. We're yeah. out here letting off steam. Oh, okay. Were you doing anything illegal? You think we're going to tell you? No. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I mean. I I was talking to somebody during turkey season. I had had a couple of buddies that had a a pipeline permit, and I kind of, I joined them to film and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, running through, being older now, running through forts, I'm like, listen, these little shitheads, call them these ruts and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And then he was like, yeah, but did we not do the same thing when we were like 16, 18? I was like. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you right. Yeah, yeah right. we did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did. It's oh, always yeah. going to happen, and you're just never going to get rid of it. And, you know, it's funny. I think there's no way anybody can consciously say that the gambler does more harm than good. Oh, I know that. It's just not perfect. Well, you know, the funny part is uh, Tennessee gambler. Um, 
state of Tennessee, well, from what I understand in that county up there, they call the county, hey, we're putting on a gambler. What is that? It doesn't make a difference what it is. They don't charge to get rid of the trash. And they're, they're still in their woods having people dump. Now here, yes, you go to Marion County, take away your trash. They're going to charge you a little something. I got a three-yard uh, three yard dump trailer. We cleaned up around the shop, and we had an old box truck there, and we cleaned out that box truck. I filled it in that dump trailer. I want to say it cost me $32 to dump everything that was in that trailer. Yep. You know? I, now you, could, you could not eat it. You could not yeah. eat at the gas station for a week and, and be able to dump your trash. Yeah. Oh, man, we have that. How, we've... Every time we're out there cleaning up, it's like it took some some bitch thirty seconds to make this mess. Yeah, we've been out here three fucking days. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I remember. God, it would. It's been many years before gambler was even a thought. I think I was around. Oh God, I was eighteen. And we'd went out behind Scramble Town where we'd always go riding, you know, me and some of my friends that I grew up with out there and where we'd run dogs. And we find some bags of trash. So we open them and we find mail in there. We find address, same address through all these. So we go ahead and we load that all up in the truck. And we go on down further and we find some more trash. We load that all up in the truck. We get my buddy's truck over there. We load all that up in his truck. We get my other buddy over there. We load all that up in his truck. Then we went to the address that was on the letter. Knocked on the door, you know, asked the fellow, is this you? Oh, yeah, that's you. Okay. Uh, at that time, there's about 15 of us, you know, a bunch of teenagers. We unloaded every bit of trash that we found right there in his, right there in front, you know. <laughs> where it should be. Where it should be. I'm calling the law. Go ahead and call the law. We're just going to let them know where we picked it up at, you know. I mean, call them. it's got your name on (laughs) it yeah what are you gonna tell on yourself (laughs) yeah you know we just brought back your lost property yeah and that's the thing that gets me too is because in marion county when you're throwing away your household trash you can pull right up to the green box and boop goes in yes when you're getting rid of construction debris you have to pay when you're getting rid of you know tires tires you have to pay which that one i can't understand because the, the, they charge us to get rid of the tires. And then the company that takes the tires, grinds them up to make, you know, mulch, mulch. Yes, yeah, for, yeah. for playgrounds and stuff. And then turns around and sells it to the company. So listen, call, call it illegal. Yeah. Call me an anti-environmentalist. But yeah. if I got a tire I need to get rid of, I'm burning it. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's definitely, you know, definitely better than, you know, getting a pile out there in the forest because, yeah. When you go out there and you start picking tires up out of there, there ain't no telling what you're gonna find under that tire. Dude, we, we as we up. learned, they the dumps don't want nobody wants tires. No, we picked up a we, carpet that I'm pretty sure somebody rolled up a dead body in. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't a body in no. it. Listen, mind you, we yeah. thought there might have been. There was a burner phone laying there, and the and carpet, the carpet had up. a big red, had a big stain, yeah. dead center in the middle of it. We uh, we picked up a tire that filled up the entire bed of that Silverado parked in the driveway. Fifteen hundred, yeah. Oh, regular Lord. a regular bed Silverado filled the whole. I mean, it took four people, but the tire. It was no truck. lie, like a huge, huge, huge tire. We were racing through the forest one night. And I come around, you know, out to the roads where I normally hunt, and we're just a getting it, having a good time. And as I come around the corner, somebody dumped a boat right in the road. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we pulled. We pulled, oh, yeah. we pulled boats out. You know, jet skis. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. 
We had a, oh God, last time we were out in the forest, we found two boats. We stacked them on top of each other. We were doing good. We were trying to get it to road to get to, to a trailer. The truck we were pulling with exploded the transfer case. We're like, oh no, this ain't good. But we we had a good story. We we had, we found one during small game season, and we were going to go out for an event. And we um, I mean, we had a whole team together, saws, suits. We were going to be all technical to cut this thing into pieces and put it into bags. Went out there. Somebody else hired to beat us to it. So yeah. there there are other people. Oh, yes. out there who just look at something and say. This sucks. Somebody's got to take it out. I guess that somebody's going to be me. And I wish I knew who pulled that boat out because I'd, I'd buy them all the beer they want. High five. Well, the gentleman who had started, you know, the Gambler 500 originally, like I said, is Tate Morgan. He started a nonprofit organization called the Sons of Smokey. And they have an app. Um, you put the Sons of Smokey app on your phone. If you're, you know, if you're out riding around, you're with your family, if you come across, you know, debris if you come across you know a boat or abandoned stuff you take the app you take a picture and it'll upload onto this app so people you know other gamblers like-minded people who might have the equipment to be able to get it out can get it out you know uh one of the big problems that we have in florida is getting rid of boats because give you give you because i know they're astronomically expensive they are very to get rid of you know we uh we took sawzalls. The state of Florida also gave us an idea on how to get rid of boats. So, one, the one that we originally threw away, we cut yeah. it in so many pieces with a sawzall. The funny part was we got to the dump, and the nose of the boat with the little hook for the, the trailer sticking out, he says, what's that? I said, fiberglass. He says, okay. <laughs> Put it in that bin over there. <laughs> right. It's fiberglass so, is one thing. A boat's another. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, but tell him the other options instead of four when, when we went up there. We did a separate cleanup. We did a separate cleanup with forestry. Yeah. And they're like, if you find a boat, pull it out to one of the big numbered roads, 14, It's got to be a main, a main hard a main road. road. Yeah. Because then it becomes the county's problem. And the county has to come get it. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's, I know one time we had found, oh God, found a travel trailer. And this has been years ago. I was a kid. We know where one is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we found this travel trailer at somebody had took out there and busted all the windows out of it and stuff. And, you know, luckily my, luckily my one buddy's dad, you know, when he heard about, we found this travel trailer, he's like, really take me to it. So we go out there and we show him where the travel trailer is. Next thing he hooks onto it, you know. He gets it drugged back to the road, and he goes and he buys tires to put on it. And we're like, well, why are you buying tires to put on his travel trailer? So he takes it home, tears the thing down completely. Now he's got himself a frame, made himself a nice little trailer out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he nice. recycled all the, uh, he recycled all the tin, you know, all the, the scrap aluminum on the side. I mean, burn all the wood, and, you know, and took the frame and he's made himself a trailer, you know? All right. So we talked a lot about the picking up garbage and if, on the surface, you look at the gambler and you might think it is a race. It is a race. It's the worst race race you've probably ever raced unless you're there to race to pick up garbage. We'll yeah. talk about the awards you can win in a minute. But on the surface, when I looked at gambler the first time, I imagined it more like Hoopty X. Yes, it is. Kind of like Hoopty X, but Hoopty X is a spinoff of Gambler. Hoopty X is, you know, time trial. Right. Where they actually have a starting clock and a finishing clock. 
you know, and they time you racing, you know, and most of the hoopty X runs that we've done had, you know, most if you watch them, most of them are on tracks where everybody can see. Well, the year we did the triple threat, you know, Mike wasn't giving us up that main track to half, you know, so our hoopty X was through this off-road course, you know, down there at Spider. And me and Chris are scratching our head. We're like, how are we going to figure this out? I'm like, well, you know, I got my tracking collars and my Garmin system for my dogs, but I really don't want my $300 collar bouncing around in a car. I might roll 15 times. And then I come up with the idea. I said, wait, I got a lot of friends that have fast side-by-sides. I said, what if we send the Hoopty X car and we send the side-by-side chaser behind it? That way, if they wreck, if they have a problem, he can radio back. So Chris was like, well, that may work. So, of course, uh, Chuck, the gentleman who runs HoopDX, was a little skeptical at first. Like, I don't know if this is going to work or not. Well, it actually worked very well. You know, I had my my buddy Rick, who originally had helped us, you know, get Hogwaller. I talked to him, you know, hey, you want to come chase a bunch of these junk cars out here with your side-by-sides? I'm like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so I had Rick there. His cousin was there. I had, um, you know, Steel Toe, gentleman who works for me, you know. And they're all chasing, and they're having a blast. They're chasing these cars. The car would take off, and then they'd count to five, and the side-by-side take off. And, of course, I'm telling the guys side-by-side, look, your job is to chase it, not try to pass it. You know, if we have a problem, you got to let us know. <laughs> you know, and watching them, you know, run that, you know. And, of course, we had spotters on the turns. You know, the, the major turns or anywhere it was really nasty, we were able to put a spotter there with a radio to say, you know, okay, and the spotter would, when the car would clear, it'd say, hey, you know, clear comm one, it'd clear comm two, it'd clear comm three, you know, and then they'd come out the other side. And when it come out the other side, that's where it tripped the time clock. So we were actually able to set it up pretty good. And I mean, those guys were having a blast with side-by-sides because unbeknownst to anybody at Hoopty X, they were also giving rides to people, <laughs> you know, everybody was sitting here lined up and. You know, and, you know, Chuck, Chuck's, you know, he's doing his thing. You know, he's setting it up. I mean, because this is, you know, these guys are doing, you know, on Hoopty X, they're doing like bracket racing. You know, they're getting points for each race they go to. Whereas Gambler, you don't really get points for you know, each race you go to, you know. So, so somebody, let me back up. The, uh, I, I do want to point out that, <sighs> okay. and I, w- I want to bring this up to Ernie real quick. And Ernie's going to know what I mean. And I'm going to let Ernie explain it. Ernie. If you don't pick up trash and you treat the gambler just like a race. Well, we, ha- we haven't got there yet. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, okay. Jim. Well, no, I think Jordan was going to ask a pretty similar question, if not the same question I was going to ask. But I, I know the answer to this question. Because I, I want to get into some of the some of the different uh, awards you can win. Okay. And that, the okay, so that's, that's an award. It is an award. That's your technical first place. Oh, yeah. Right. Award. Yeah. Well, right. well not, I know you don't. I know enough about the game that you do not want to win first place. So if you're, if you are you the first, first one Sorry. to finish the 500 mile race without having trash, or you you try to go through it to get the best time. Yeah, you, if you if you finish the game with 500 with the best time, you win. You win the bowling ball award, the bowling ball trophy. Yep, the bowling ball. So Ernie, what is the I'll bowling ball trophy? The bowling ball is either a 12 to 10 pound bowling ball and it gets hurled through your windshield at a very high rate of speed. Don't need one of those. It's all right. Yeah. It's a gambler. <laughs> you know. But, what windshield? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But you I need mean, my chicken wire to keep the rocks out of me? <laughs> <laughs> but the funny part is, is all, you know, all the people in Gambler, you know, that come out every year. And, and I'm seeing faces that, that I've seen, you know, I'm seeing faces that I've yelled at for the years, you know, calm down, slow down, you know. And but they're always, you know, they're coming in. I mean, they've got they're bringing in trash um, third year or no fourth. Excuse me. Third year gambler at the trifecta, you know, when I'm at gambler, I don't have time to cook. I don't have time to stop and, and try to get something to eat for myself. I got my buddy Scott there, which is also kind of my merch manager. He's my neighbor. It lives across the street from me. You know, he doesn't even have time. You know, we take food, but we don't get time to cook it. So we'd actually had some young men that were there. And I mean, they, they were, no, it, I'm sorry. It was fourth year gambler. I think, no, I'm, I'm getting mixed up. It was third year gambler. And these guys, you know, they were, they were wonderful. We dubbed them the camp chefs. They actually had a welder. Well, one of the first mornings that I got there, I was able to kind of cook breakfast, but I was in a hurry. So the, the spatula never got cleaned. It got thrown in the sink of the motorhome. So I tell Chris, I said, man, I said, these guys have cooked us food. They, you know, they're, they just been awesome. Anything we've asked, they've been there to help. I said, we're going to give them an award. I said, we want to give them the camp chef award. And he goes, okay. He goes, well, pick, you know, pick an award over there, which all the awards are homemade. Keith Westerman has been making them. Um, Mike, um, Mike Freeman had made some this year, but I mean, they, they just, you know, they're they're all homemade out of auto parts out of anything he can get his hands on so i remember taking the spatula and this award and going up to the camp chef guys i said hey do me a favor y'all got a welder yeah yeah we got a welder weld the spatula right here on the front of this award now mind you the spatula still got egg on it from the day before when i cooked (laughs) breakfast i mean it's you know i mean it hadn't been washed so yeah not a problem they they weld it up. They bring it back up to me a little while later. I set it on the rock over there. And, you know, and I remember as the dumpster was getting fuller, I needed some guys to get up there and jump. Let's pack this dumpster tighter. And, of course, who is it? It's our camp chef guys, which these are some pretty big boys. That They were up there. They got jumping up and down. They got all the trash packed down in the dumpster. And then when we started the award ceremony, of course, you know, when we're doing the awards, really, we don't, until you sit there with the awards, you're really not sure what you're giving an award for. You know, you can be given an award for somebody that, you know, has done acts of kindness, has done, went and pulled people, has done, went, you know, out, out, out of their way just to help somebody. You know, you see so many people doing that. Guy might come in. He's got a broke part on his car. Well, they done blew their car up over here. So now they're over here tearing all the parts off their car, putting on this guy's car who they don't even know. So you're getting the, yeah. you're getting to the answer to the question I was going to ask. Yeah. Because the gambler isn't something that's so much won. Yeah. The goal, if you're trying to be – the goal is you're trying to become a legend. Yes. In, in positive ways. Not in egotistical yes. ways because it's the way only way you become legendary in the gambler in a good way. Essentially, it's through acts of service. Yes, acts of kindness. Man, I love it. Helping each other, you know. I mean, just just downright. It's like minded people having a good time. When's the next you know? gambler? When's the when's the next big race? It's about a year away. It is going. We're we're trying to shoot. I want to put gambler 
the first weekend of April every year. I am that that is my goal to have it the first weekend of April. Um, I'm trying to carry on, you know, some of Chris's legacy that he left me to try to have the events put on, you know, kind of around the same thing. We did uh, we did a run, which Chris had come up with this crazy idea. We called it Coast to Coast. Basically, we started off in Daytona Beach and we raced across Florida. We had a bunch of little waypoints. People went and they picked up some trash. We stopped in Ocala. We had lunch and then we all met up at Cedar Key. So basically, we went from one side of Florida to the other side of Florida in one day. Now, it was more of a blur for me because I had to wait for everybody to leave. And then I had to race past all of them to meet up with Chris, you know, so we could get hamburgers, hot dogs, everything cooked up. And then from there, me and Chris had to race all the way across to Cedar Key to this little bar over there to where we were having our award ceremony and to be able to have everything. And I remember this uh, this one one lady, she had brought her 80-something-year-old mother <laughs> who was on crutches. I think it just had a hip replacement or something. I'm not sure. So... Me and Darla sitting there, you know, we're, we're, we're discussing awards. Okay, well, we give an award for this. We give an award for that. And all of a sudden, I heard one girl at, you know, she says to me, she goes, hold on. Um, aren't you, uh, are, why are you making decisions on the awards? I said, well, I said, um, because I'm part of the people who put this on, so I'm not going to get an award. Oh, okay, okay. Then she starts telling me about her bringing her 80-year-old mother I'm like, really? That woman's getting an award <laughs> to race across, you know, the state of Florida. It it wasn't just hardtop roads. I mean, Chris had put them off through some, put them off through some, you know, a couple of the trails through the forest and stuff. And they picked up trash. And like you said, when they got to, when they got to the uh, over at Ocala where we were having lunch at, uh, it was the union hall for the local firefighters. You know, we had, you know, a dumpster there to get rid of some of that trash. And then the bar owner had allowed us to use his dumpster over in Cedar Key. Now, with uh, with Chris, it was always Chris, Darla, and I that were, were putting these events together. But Chris would always, we would do a message board with several group people. And I remember the first time he mentioned something about, what if we decided to race mini bikes for 24 hours? <laughs> and of course me being me i just said you don't have a hair on your ass if you don't do it you know <laughs> i'm egging him on <laughs> and i'm you know unbeknownst me he went ahead and made this you know he went ahead and made it and i was like oh boy this is gonna be interesting but it, it, it was always funny because you know i've kind of kept that going that chris has started out you know i've got andrew which he runs the 904 gambler um, I've got John Moore, which is helping me. I've got a gentleman by the name Mike Freeman that's helped me. But I have a couple other people that I've added to that message board. You know, and we're now we're discussing about doing a coast to coast run, but on 50 cc street legal mopeds. Oh, oh God. Oh, dude. <laughs> because we can't get mini bikes street legal. That but is- we can get mopeds street legal. That is my game. Some yeah, badass Vespas right out there now. all pimped out. You know, so we're 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 kind of talking about trying to do a two day event on that, where we'll basically either we're going to start off, you know, somewhere like Jacksonville and work our way down towards Cedar Key, or maybe you know, 
to, to one of the coastal towns over there. And then we're going to have, you know, a short bus or something on the other end, probably be my motorhome, load everybody back up in it so we can, you know, race them back to get their trailers and stuff. Because I don't know how, you know, we're going to have to have some support vehicles there because I don't know how many mopeds are going to make it, <laughs> you know. And we can't, you don't want to leave them stranded. <laughs> you want them coming back for an event. Yeah. But, you know. So I want to do a 50cc moped race. We'll be there. Yeah. So, and, and, and the guys were kind of talking on that, you know, and they, you know, I've been watching some of the stuff that they've been talking about wanting to do. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I mean, I I think we can do that. You know, I'm kind of letting John and Justin Butler, all them, I'm kind of letting them, you know, spearhead it. And I'm like, all right, let them do the hard work. Cause I'm really not sure about this whole thing, (laughs) you know, but I, for gambler going forth, I do want to get us back into the Ocala National Forest. And I do want to make sure forestry knows that we're coming in there and we're coming in full force. We're not backing down. We're going to go clean up our woods. We're going to enjoy our forest. That's our forest that we pay for. That's not the king's forest. You know, us people are the kings. We own it. We operate it. We need to take care of it. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, it's, you know, Andrew puts on, um, he puts on a smaller gambler event up in Jacksonville and they go, you know, and I mean, they, they go up to Osceola, they pull out some trash. I, uh, I took the dump trailer one year and I went on up to JIR and they come down and they, you know, play on the track the rest of the night there at JIR and they camp and they have a good time. But I mean, it's, it's clean it up, you know, pack it in, pack it out. So are you familiar, do you know who uh, Tony Davis is with forestry? No, I do not. She is the volunteer coordinator with the U.S. Forest Service right up here in Ocala. Okay. When you before you leave, I'll make sure you pass, we pass you her contact information. Yes. I, I can't imagine that there's any more. Can you guys think of somebody that's probably more? That would be the place to start. Tony or yeah. Carrie. I, yeah. Like I said, I, like I told you when we talked on the phone first yeah. time, you talked about going over to Ocala. I said I I know a guy who can put you in contact. Yes. With, with the right ladies. Um. But uh, she's I want, I, awesome. And U.S. Forestry Service in Oregon has come to love the gambler. I mean, and and Tate Morgan, when I talked to him, he said, look, he says, if you're having a problem with, with U.S. Forestry, he said, you know, let them know that you are affiliated with the Sons of Smokey. You are affiliated with the Gambler 500. This is what we're out here to do. And you want to try to do that by next April? Uh, yes. I actually have quite a few bit of plans. Um, locations, you know, I am... I, I'm just coming off of, you know, of course, a, a tragic family loss, and it's going around. Yeah, and I'm, I, I've already talked to a couple places to actually try to move the gambler to. I know Mike would love to have us back at Spider. Spider, you know, Spider is a great location for, you know, having a great camp, having things to do at night at camp. So- Unfortunately, it's. It, it, they're, they're building the villages up so big down there that you got to go 35, 40 miles to go find the woods. So the issue isn't so much doing the gambler and having the roads because those are all public. Yes. The issue is where do you rendezvous? And that's where we, we've got to have a place to marshal the dumpster. We got to have a place to put people to go, you know, so they can go to sleep at night. You know, we've got to have a place where we can have our award ceremony where, you know, 
some people, you know, some people this year didn't even didn't leave camp. They actually stayed there and they helped me. Um, there was this one. Um, oh God, uh, Trev and Ann had came down. They live. Uh, I think it's George. I think they live up North Georgia. Yes, Mariana, Georgia. And Trev and Ann has been a part of Gambler since day one, since we have put it on. And they're just wonderful people. They came down to to help this year. Right now they're out in Mexico, um, out in Mexico, and last year out in Mexico for the Mexican Gambler, which I did not. I wasn't able to make it. I made it the year before that. Um, you know, they had gathered all kinds of food and all kinds of, you know, fruit, ice cream, all kinds of stuff. And they went down to the border right there to the little town of Bacilius. And they went across, you know, across, they met up with the people in, in the center of the river. So that way, you know, technically they're not crossing the border illegally and the people aren't crossing, but they're in the center of the water and there's really nothing they can do. And it's all ankle deep. And we were able to donate fuel. We were able to donate, you know, food, uh, donate. Um, I remember Trev telling me the, the, it was an older gentleman and he says, Hey, he said, what, he says, what do y'all need? Because see, when they shut down that border crossing there in Bukelius, it was so, so close to the United States border that literally that town started drying up and dying because they had to go so far into Mexico to get to the next town, yeah. you know, and the people between Terlingua and Bukelius had always done trade. You know, they would come across buy their fuel, buy their grocery, they'd go home back to their little town. The people would come across there from, you know, come, come across from Terlingua down to Bukelius and they would, you know, go to dinner and stuff. They had little restaurants there and everything. But, you know, the American side, those towns somewhat, they survived. But on the Mexican side, they dried up. Oh, man. We've you been, know? I, I spent quite a bit of time there yeah. earlier this spring. And the, it's 500 yards and three worlds away. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's hard to see sometimes. Yeah. And I, I don't want to get into a political thing, but. I definitely understand why people want to come here because if I was on that side of the river looking over at this side of the river, I'd mm-hmm. say, fuck you, rules, I'm coming. Oh, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I favor that, but, you know, because we got to have rules, but I understand their motivation as to why they might want to be over here instead. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like I said, Trev, Trev had asked, asked the older gentleman, he says, he said, what is it you want? He, he says, is there anything we can get for you, anything you want? And he just happens to look over and he sees Trev's truck is parked on the other side. And he looks, and Trev had some oranges, I believe, on the dashboard. And the old man said, man, I'd love to have some of them oranges. Trev walked back over to grab a bag of oranges, come back over, hey, you know. And I mean, and then he said ice cream. He said, you know, they said the kids over here, they never get to get ice cream. So, of course, Trev's, you know, we're, we're sitting there talking later that night. Trev's like, man, I got to figure out how to get ice cream over there without melting. I'm like, dude, you got like a pickup bed, you know, camper that slides in the back of your truck that you're hooking up right now. He's like, Yeah. He said, well, duh, doesn't it have a freezer in it? Well, I didn't even think about that. So what does Trev do? He goes over and he buys ice cream. And he gets more fruit and stuff and gets more vegetables. Yep. And goes, you know, we leave, of course, we leave because I'd went out there with Corey. And we made a mad dash, 27-hour drive straight on back, you know, from Big Ben all the way back to Florida because <laughs> I had to be back to work. But before Trev left, you know, he went, he got ice cream, you know, he, we took fuel over there. Um, matter of fact, all the Mexican gambler 
hats and stuff that w- that we had that year were was made by a lady that lived right there that lived in Bacilius. You know, she been of course she's done them this year, you know, and it's that gambler down there. Yes, it's about cleaning up trash, but there's not that much trash here to clean up. So they've kind of made it about helping the town. Yeah. Helping Terlingua and helping, you know, because Terlingua is a lot, you know, they rely a lot on basically tourism. Well, we know so does Florida. Florida relies a lot on tourism. Well, we all know with political things that go on, like I said, we don't want to get into that. People don't travel as much. You know, I see, I don't see as many people coming down as they used to, you know, because everybody's scared right now to go spend money traveling, you know. And with the Mexican five, with Mexican Gambler 500, you know, they're able to take and help and raise money and, you know, and, and, and clean up down there. It's a different world. And like you said, oh, man. Is, oh my God, it is breathtaking. Pretty beautiful. How old are you? I am 46 years old. So I'm just a little bit senior. But having made several trips to Mexico now, see, so once when I, you know, when I was really young. Yeah. And going back now. Mexico has always been rough, but dude. Um, whatever you heard about Juarez, for instance, is not exaggerated. It's that yeah. bad. Um, but I was just, I mean, I was just in the tourist towns. And it's just, you talk about trash and, and poverty and. Yeah. And helplessness, and, and whether it's Puerto Vallarta, it just Mexico, as much as the United States say has grown in the last thirty years, and prosperity, and iPhones on every corner, and the things that we bitch and argue about are literally because we're bored, because it's so easy. Things have gone twice as far the other direction yep. in Mexico. I would rather live in 1989 Mexico than 2023 Mexico. It was more prosperous. Yeah. Um, it's tough down there right now. Oh, it is. It is. And, you know, the other thing, too, that, that we're looking at um, are volunteers, you know, for the gambler. Chris and Darla, when, when they first started putting it on, you know, and I jumped in with them, we did. We had, we'd have people come up, oh, yeah, we want to volunteer. We want to volunteer. Okay, good, good, good. Well, the day I come to volunteer, well, where's our volunteer? You know, <laughs> they didn't show up. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and unfortunately, I can relate it to a business owner. I, I am a business owner. You know, I, I've had many young people come in to me and say, we would like a job. Okay, we'll sit down and have an interview. All right, well, you have this going for you, have that going for you, you know? Or, or I'll have them come in and say, I'd like a job. Okay, here, please fill this out. All right, get all filled out. All right. Uh, let me go over it. I'll tell you what. I'll call you. We'll set up a time. You know, you come back. Okay. I go over their thing. Call them a day or two later. Say, all right, uh, got you. You know, we're going to do a job interview. Be here 10 o'clock tomorrow. Is that good for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's excellent. 10 o'clock comes and goes. They never show. I've gone through it so far as to go through the whole hiring process. Get all the paperwork done. All right, you start 8 a.m. Monday morning. Okay. 8 a.m. comes and goes. Yeah. yeah they didn't even answer the phone. It's not really our forte about social awareness and things like that, but it does seem like it. Man, you want being a rock star at a job today versus again 25 years ago. 25 years ago, you had to show up on time and produce. Yeah. These days, we pretty much show up for show up on time 
reasonably sober. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, I mean, the, the idea that I don't have to hover over you eight hours to get you to do your job, that I can give you instructions. and You might fuck it up a little bit while you're learning, but that's okay. But the idea that you came here and you put in, you know, 60 or at least six of your eight hours, because people do get tired and need a break. Oh, yeah. But there was at least six decent hours of work or attempting to work or attempting to be better to be better tomorrow than you were yesterday. That's how you, I mean, that's how easy it is. You want to move up in the world? Show up and work for God's sakes. And that's the thing. It's our tech, our technology has come so far. I always remember a story. I, I used to listen to uh, Jerry Clowers. Yeah. Oh. Jerry Clowers. The greatest. You know, I, I'd listen to him. You know, my family owned a trucking company. I many a miles across country, you know, and I would, you know, this was back before, you know, I had cassette tapes. This was back before the CDs, you know. I wasn't quite in it with the eight tracks, but I had cassette tapes. Yes. I still have some of them. My man. <laughs> but, you know, I remember listening to Jerry Clowers, and he was talking about as a kid growing up, and – he said, you know, he says, he said, he said, my nephew, you know, he's so lucky. He said, because I can tell you right now, he said, back then, if I would have had that Buick, not only would I have got them watermelons, I would have got away with it, too. <laughs> you know? But you know. I mean, I can tell you, uh, I remember, God, I was 18 years old. My grandfather had a boat and the boat was not the most reliable. And we took it out. We got stuck on the river. Now, this was during the year it had flooded. The tree was down, you know. So here it is, 4 o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, we have a sheriff's helicopter flying over us with a spotlight. You know, and I remember mom was like, you need to get a cell phone. And I went and got my first cell phone. And let me tell you, that was one of them old analog, alt, or uh, I think it was Altel was the company back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, this thing, you know, was a big battery and it was a big flip phone, you know, had a page. Yeah, had a pager because my pager was going off all that night. But, you know, couldn't return a call because you'd always have to go find a pay phone. Now I got a computer at the touch of my hand, a smartphone. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's having all that, you know, and it, it's so nice because now you have an app for everything, you know. You have an app to get you a discount on gasoline. You have an app, you know, um, this truck I'm driving. I hit the button and I can say, you know, I can say, call Pizza Hut or, you know, call Pizza Hut on Pine in Ocala. That number's not programmed on my phone, but it will literally go on my Google yeah, and it will easy. find the phone number. You know, I, I yeah. grew up, I grew up in a really, a fortunate generation, I would say, fortunate because I, I think the first time I saw a CD player in a car was probably in my mom's Tahoe, and I'm almost positive it was inside the glove box. Yeah. <laughs> or inside the center console. Yep. And then my dad always had, it was a cassette player. And in, 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 in the back of the truck, there was a little baggie underneath the back seat. You pull it out, just slap full of cassettes. So, yep. yeah. Leonard Skinner, Sweet Home Alabama. I've listened to that song probably more on a cassette tape than any other than uh, any other song any other I, way i was talking to somebody the other day and i said we were talking about cell phones and i said dude i remember when i was a kid my dad had one buddy that he hunted with and i thought it was the most badass thing ever because he had a car phone a oh, dad had a bag phone no it was a car phone wayne yeah. oh yeah wayne, yeah, 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 wayne yeah. had a car phone yeah it was like there was no cell phone he just had a phone that yeah. plugged into his car 
Dude, the, the old yep. car phones in the 80s were almost like what you'd see like in an office phone. It would be a platform that would be in the center console. That's exactly yeah. where yeah. it exactly right. yeah. was. It would be like an attachment. Like, and, it, and it had like the handset wasn't wasn't like a it literally had a cord back to the console yeah. <laughs> we didn't, i remember you know growing up we didn't get technology unless mom or dad's work gave it to us so like yeah we didn't have cable television till i, I was, was in, 13 years old yeah when we, we didn't have cable television until i was in like yeah. ninth grade we got cable and dial-up internet when i yeah it, it was quite a most of my life, people are like, oh, you, you don't have Nickelodeon? I'm like, no, man, I got 3, 6, 9, and 18 on the rabbit ears, baby. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and 3 is of, always a fuzzy channel. That's what you turn it on when you want to watch the VCR. And one of them is the public broadcasting station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, that and then dad got a bag phone because work gave him a bag phone. He'd have a bag phone for on call. So now we're out there at the hunting camp. You stand on the toolbox to get you know signal yeah. on the bag phone to call back home to mom. Before that, it was driving... 15 minutes around the camp over to the Kolomoki Mountain State Park to use the payphone over there to yep. call home to mom. Um, but I don't know, it was it was neat growing up in that generation. I've seen so much change in the last 30 years that it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, well, you know, it's funny you say that. My uh, my stepmom, and uh, they had moved up from South Florida um, with my father. And we got, we were able to get them, you know, a very nice travel trailer. And we got them moved into, there's an RV park right there at uh, 326 and uh, 441, uh, Wandering Oaks. And so she lives in Wandering Oaks. Well, the other day, me and my son, you know, we go over there and see her quite often because we actually live on the other side of 441, you know, up in behind the convenience store, you know. And I looked over, and they still have a payphone. A working payphone. What? Yeah, I don't know if it's working. I can get out and go check it because, I mean, that thing, you know, I mean, it was old. But I'm, I'm looking. There is still a payphone. And my son looks at me and says, Dad, what is that? And I'm like, it's a payphone. Dude, I almost yeah. want to bet that thing don't work because they used to have to pay. Yeah. You used to have to pay the phone company to have it there. So if it didn't generate enough quarters or di- back in our day it was dimes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it wasn't much, but you still had to pay to have the payphone there. Well, and uh, I want to say, God, I went into business. I left PNS Road Service in 2006, and I started a company called Roadside. And it was, you know, you 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 ha- still had the little, you know, you had the smaller phones, but you could still get the bag phone. And I remember running out here in the forest, running, you know, running around. I'd lose service, so I did. I went down to Altel and I got me two three watt bag phones. I mounted one in my service truck and I kept one, you know, as a spare. So if I go put in my hunting truck, you know, I, my customers could get a hold of me. And I, I remember, you know, I, I remember my first year on the hunting lease up there, you know, I pull up and I'm driving an old 72 Dodge that is literally just rusted out. And the one guy, his, he said, my kid's going to show you, you know, the roads on the lease. I was like, okay, cool. You know, we pull up and I'm used to running the Ocala National Forest. First thing you do is you take your mirrors off, you take your radio antenna off, you take your wipers off because you might not have any of that when you're done running dogs at the end of the day. So I'm over here doing all this, and the kids look at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, getting ready to go run dogs? Oh, so we look for track. We all meet up on meet up on the main road. He gets out, and he goes to tell his dad. He says, he's over there taking his mirrors off, taking the antenna off, and all that stuff. And, of course, old, old Ron Henry, he just starts laughing. He goes, son, you never hunted in the forest. 
<laughs> and I remember the boy jumps back in the truck. And as we get to go to rolling, all of a sudden, my phone starts ringing. So I reach down, I open the bag, and I pull out this big old phone. You got the antenna. It's like, hello. And the kid's looking. He's like, how old's this truck? You got a phone like that? And I'm like, shut up, kid. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to talk to one of my customers. You know, But, I mean, it is the, the technology that we have. You know, as I was saying, we have apps that can do everything. Oh, we've gone from that. Now I've got a little yeah. a little thing that's about that big, a Garmin inReach, and I can have not yes. had a cell phone service for 12 days, and I can still text home yeah. from my cell phone Bluetooth to that thing. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, you know, and that, that was one of the cool things, you know, that Tate was able to put together that, that, you know, that, that app for, you know, the Sons of Smoky. Yeah. Because like you said, that is our nonprofit for Gambler that, which will help us, you know, and the thing is with Gambler 500, Gambler 500 Florida LLC, that, that is, you know, that is us. Anybody in Florida, anybody can run a Gambler. You, I mean, as long as you are, as long as you are abiding by, you know, the rules. And when I say the rules, how it's set forth, it's set forth, you know, let's go have a good time. Let's pick up, let's clean up the trash. Let's have, you know, just, you know, keep it cleaner. The, the cleaner, the cleaner you can make it, you know, and yes, I've taught with Tate and they do want, you know, they, they want to partner with you know gambler florida 500 we want to find a pre- project to work on and i'm thinking probably the boats <laughs> because we all know what it takes to get rid of a boat you do you got to cut them up oh absolutely you know? yeah and then when you're cutting them up <laughs> you know then you got to pay to get rid of it um and yes i don't uh, you know i know they say drag it over make it the county's problem well, unfortunately, the county's not going to take care of it. They're going to call the local tow company and make them go out there and get it. Now the local tow company's got to get rid of it. You know, and I have plenty of friends in the industry that own tow trucks. And I see some of the stuff that they have to go through to get rid of. A car, at least if they get an abandoned car, they can scrap it. <laughs> That'll bring some money. A fiberglass boat's not, no, nobody's paying for recycling a, a fiberglass boat. Mm. You got to nope. pay to get rid of it. You know, and that's, unfortunately, I could probably tell you where about 15 boats are out there in the forest right now. You know, that, but the thing, I, I don't, you yeah. could Google all 15 of those boats, come back a year from now, you'll say, you know what, I know there's 15 boats in the forest right now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Who are these people? Yeah. I, but I, I guess, from what I understand, some of those boats are actually stolen. Yes. People steal them, they'll grab the parts, or they'll grab anything that actually does have any material value yep. at all. Uh, and then they just dump the fiberglass holes out there. And you, I've, we found them out there where all the gauges and shit are cut out. Oh, yeah. So. And, and then you'll have some people, they'll just buy a boat just to buy the trailer. And they're like, oh, why don't you go out here and dump the boat? You know, that's all mm-hmm. I wanted was the trailer. Or the you know? And it, it's, it, it is, it's sad. You know, um, God, one trail that we had, we had regularly went down, we had to quit using because somebody went in there and dumped a bunch of roofing material. Oh, so now you come through. Now you got simplexes all on your tires and yeah, you're going to flat tires. Well, now there's no tires. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the thing about the roofing stuff is, is we all know it's also heavy. As sin. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. there ain't no filling up a bag of roofing tile. I know. And then you start flipping over the shingles and you know, you, you got some of the wood there. You got to be careful flipping over the wood. Cause then you got a little buddy down there hiding. Yeah. We you all know. done it, man. It's nasty. I mean, 
And, and so we need to we need to do a gambler next year, man. What do you think about? I just looking on there. I saw a uh, there's a Dodge Caravan. Crown Listen, there. hear me out. But dude, we could put we could put a posse. Listen, no, so I, I like the Dodge Caravan idea. <laughs> hold on, hold on, Crown hold on, though. I found, and then we do the twenty four hours of lemons. I found a uh, what's that truck that uh, Caleb runs in New Mexico? Oh, the Isuzu Amigo. Amigo. I found an Amigo on Marketplace Day for a grand. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not driving. <laughs> no. I'll drive it because Dude, we, we know put a winch. Unless you get, unless you, unless we buy a tank, I'm not driving it. A winch. I guess I'm fixing it. A skid plate. <laughs> I'll navigate. Well, to the spirit so of no the gambler, poppies. To the spirit of the gambler, it's supposed to be a $500 vehicle. But as you said, the days of a $500 vehicle are over. But if you can find a $500 vehicle, we can make it run. Well, here's the thing: <laughs> even though the rural states, it's supposed to be a $500 vehicle. It doesn't make you can spend thousands of dollars on fixing it up if you want. So basically, we just say, "Hey, we got the cheater class." You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had guys, uh, we had guys out there last year with us in Humvees. You know, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, it's fair. they ain't you ain't getting nothing for a Humvee under five hundred bucks. <laughs> no, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous because if the Spirit is a five hundred dollar vehicle, yes. but what if you inherit one? There you go, it's free. Exactly. You're like right. I said, my Volkswagen was free. I, I'd love to run it in a soft top Humvee with no doors on it. Right. Well, yeah. That that is usually amigo. <laughs> you ain't going that fast in that if Humvee. The, no, you're not. If, if the you are, engine you're scared. And the transmission. <laughs> if the engine and the transmission in that thing are reasonable, then Jim, dude, I got a I got a four point three liter V six is brand new and the transmission to go with it. Let me tell you something about them four point threes. You know most of the brown box trucks you see running around say UPS on the side of them. Yeah, ninety five percent of them have the four point three in it, no and kidding. we all know what a UPS driver does to them trucks. Let me tell you, I had that Jeep he was talking about with the yep. milk crate that had a four three in it, and that little Jeep would scoot. Oh yeah, you know I do love my Volkswagen, but they're starting to get harder to find motors for. You know, yeah. Four point three, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, air cooled sixteen hundred. <laughs> you know. There you go. But I mean, it, it it was funny that the first year we'd put we had put that car together for Gambler, it was given to us. It had been sitting for twenty five years. I have videos of me and my son getting it running, and the minute we fired it off, all the all all, all the, the the mouse stuff that where the mice had crawled up in the the muffler, and they made it. It, just, it was just like this green, just gas that just came out. You know, and stunk to high heaven because mouse piss when it burns really stinks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we got this car running, and it was funny that um, Mike and I had um, he wanted us to go out to some little get together out uh, VFW post out there in Salt Springs, and there was an older gentleman there who had a Jeep, and he makes comment and he goes, "Oh well, you know, I I see who I'm gonna be pulling out the whole time." You know, here me and my buddy we. We're in a 70, you know, 72 Volkswagen, got 31 inch sand tires on the back, you know, a little set of street tires on the front and these Jeep bumpers that we welded onto it. And we're going up this one little hill and he stops. So I go up around him and I run over, you know, run over some bushes to get around him and I stop right in front of him. Well, now it's my turn. I put that thing down in first gear and I just dump it. And she rooster tail sand all over him and covers that Jeep. He's got no top on. And that little Volkswagen just starts eating up that hill, just going on up that hill, get all the way to the top. 
And the guy comes up, and I figured he's going to be mad. This guy's going to want to fight or something. You know, I'm like, Scott, I, I don't know. I Listen, said, you got his rubber ducks yeah. dirty. And it was funny. He pulls up there, and he's <laughs> putting the, wiping the sand off. And he says, damn it. He goes, you got to warn me. He said, but I guess I deserve that. That little thing really goes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then we had rode around over to, I believe it was 86. There's a, there's, you know, where they pull, there's a spot over there where they pull all the, uh, pull all the clay out for the roads and stuff. And Mike and them talked me into, you know, everybody was shooting down the hill into the little mud and then across. So, and then they were turning around and going back up the hill. I told myself, I ain't going to get up that hill. I'm not going to get through that mud. I said, but I'll go down the damn thing. So I come around and I'm trying to get through the little trail. And I said, to hell with it. I just dumped it. And I did a full send off this hill. And you just seen the bug come over and the front end slam down the hill. And that bumper just start pushing sand up all over. And as it sings rocket shipping down the hill, I hit the mud at the bottom. Well, when I hit the mud at the bottom, the car just stuck. It just stopped. <laughs> it went <laughs> a little further. And of course, they pulled me out to the other end. But this, I mean, out there in the what, forest, what are you strapped in? You strapped in a five point, or, or you know, um, a the, you got a, a four point harness. What are you in? Uh, well, I'm sitting a in the seat and I'm holding on for dear life. <laughs> yeah, because well, I'm thinking when you hit that when you hit that mud pack, I got to imagine you were kissing the steering wheel. Well, that's the same with Volkswagen. You're kissing the steering wheel even when you're driving it regularly. So yeah. it's really, you didn't have a lot of room to <laughs> slam forward. I mean, because you're already there. Got it. Uh, I remember when I first got into Volkswagens. My Pull dad, the airbags out of the yeah. caravan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I first got into a Volkswagen, I remember my dad telling me a story. He said, you know, you, you know, when I was a kid, I had a paper route, you know, and I did it on a bicycle. And then I finally got a vehicle. I said, yeah. And he told me his first vehicle was a Cadillac. Well, he had actually, the Cadillac had broke down and he got an old Volkswagen. And he said he broke his finger on his, you know, the first day out delivering his papers, he broke his finger. I said, how did you break your finger, Dad? He said, well, we had all the papers in the back seat, and I had my buddy with me. And he said, out at the Cadillac, I was used to pointing that house, that house, that house. He said he went to point up there and just not even paid attention to how close the windshield was. And he said he broke his finger whenever he pointed towards the house to throw the paper. So you're not traveling too far in a Volkswagen. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. But... But, yeah, I mean, you can bring anything to gamble. I mean, you want to bring a brand-new vehicle? Hey, bring a brand-new vehicle. It's going to get Florida pinstriping on it. But <laughs> you, you see know. something? I've seen some of them dogs in those private clubs. Them guys running dogs in those oh, private yeah. clubs running the dang 2,500 Denali. I'm like, oh, yeah. you, you better man than me. Huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I see him running. I'm like thinking to myself, I'll stick with my old 2001 Dodge De- or 2002 Dodge Dakota I did a straight axle on and, you know, because I'll go down a pine row. I don't care. It's funny when I built the truck, you know, I'd always have, you know, somebody come up and tell me my truck will go more place than yours. I'll look at them and say, I doubt it because you like your truck. <laughs> I don't care about my yeah. shit. You know, but I mean, with the gambler, I mean, you, you'll see guys make some of the craziest things. Um, we had two cars this year that I gave out awards for and they're for the most unique looking. Um, and one of them, was uh it was a minivan they had made up to look like a train it had the stack on the it had the stack on it it had the bell i mean everything and then there was another one there uh bejeweled i believe it was or bedazzled or something and i mean a little 
sparklies on yeah, it? Yeah, all the sparklies on it and everything. And, you know, and they even they even dressed the match. <laughs> <Ooh>. I mean, <laughs> it, it's like I said, with the gambler, you never tell you never know what you're gonna see. Uh, I remember one year we had a gentleman walking around in a borac. And uh needless to say, uh I wanted to run him over with the side by side, but Chris wouldn't let me. <laughs> but walk around in a what? Uh it was called a borac. Yeah, it was one of them little pieces of dental floss. Oh, Jordan's got one of those. He wore it on the Swanee River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's a got, scary sight. And then we had, a, I want to say, not a triple threat, but a Gambler 4. Um, I remember it was towards the night. I, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the kids were running around, so I was riding around on the side by side. And I remember I get a radio call. From Darla says, Ernie, you got to get down to the porta potties. I said, What? What are you talking about? She said, You got to get down to porta potties. Somebody put, a, somebody put, a, put an alligator in a porta potty. I said, You better call fish and game. She's like, No, you need to get down here. There's an alligator in the porta potty. So, of course, I got the little kids on the side by side. They hear this on the radios. Now we're racing through camp, you know, trying to, you know, not go fast, fast, but trying to get there, you know, pretty quickly. And the kids are hollering, there's a porta potty, there's an alligator in the porta potty, alligator in the porta potty. As I make the turn and I can see the, the headlight, the headlights are shining on the porta potties. I see Darla come up, I see the door come open, and all of a sudden I see an alligator come out in her hand. And I'm like, oh, that's a real alligator. That's a full porta potty. You know? Yeah. And of course, it was a little two foot alligator and it was dead. Somebody, I don't know if they had found it down, you know, I don't know where they found it. But they thought it would be hilarious. Or how it got it dead. Don't know how it got dead. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, oof. You know, what do I do? Well, like you always do with any dead animal you find. Uh, if you know what killed it, you butcher and eat it. But if you don't know what killed it, you go ahead and you, you know, feed it back to the, you know, feed it <laughs> back. So I went out to the back side of the pond where I knew alligators were and I kind of slung it. They but, ate it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But, I mean, it, it was just some of the stuff that you see at Gambler, at the Gambler events, it's like, wow. <laughs> it just blows your mind. Gentlemen, it's getting a bit warm in here. You got any closing thoughts? Let's do a Gambler. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea. If we got 11 months, give or take, I think we can put together a I'll help finance a gambler. We, we gonna cut. We gonna cut fenders on a Dodge Caravan and put uh, some some mud tires on it. Oh, dude, we will do. I get some. I, I'm just saying I'm that whatever we run, the reason I chose the Subaru for our first year is because it is all wheel drive. Yes. Yeah. Whatever we run, I would like to get something that is all wheel drive. Yeah, I, I'm starting to like. I'm starting to like the Amigo because the four wheel. Well, it's not all wheel drive, but four wheel drive. Yeah, if, um, if you put and the idea that four you know, of us into a, an amigo, that's the like if you looked up the definition of ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag, oh, uh, that's can. what our photo would be next to it in the dictionary. That's all right. That's the point of the gambler yeah. too, though. <laughs> we ran we ran four guys all over the helo about our size, so that I know you can do and do reasonably comfortably. And, and I tell you, and what, you throw a winch, skid yeah. plate, some no poppies on that bad boy. Um. I don't even know if you have to snorkel it, but and we, I'll tell we you can what, make us a death machine. And I'll tell you what works really exactly good, what too. exactly what it would be. What works really good for, you know, your roof rack or for your back rack, find a little shopping cart. 
Yeah, strap a shopping cart on the top strap of that. Strap a shopping cart on top of that, man. You, well, I wouldn't suggest strapping it on top and putting the trash in there because, you know, the leakage. leakage. Might yeah. be some leakage. You, you might want to hang that off the back bumper or something. We but, don't strap it. We're high class, Jim. We can use hose clamps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, just weld it right on. I have the technology. We can do that. <laughs> But I mean, with, with, with the gambler, I mean, it is. It's quite interesting to see some of these vehicles that they cobble together. But now they have to be street legal. So, and by that, the, they just need to have a tag and insurance. Luckily, in the state of Florida, we don't have a uh, inspection. inspection that we have to pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I don't I mean, know that the Subaru would have passed it because William crashed it, and I was like, "We're gonna fix it." Oh, but you know what? You, you speak of that. We definitely could have won the OPEC award if we tried to run it because we would have gone through the most oil. Oh, 100%. We, yeah. Because I broke, William, I broke yeah. the oil filter Listen, off the Matt, bottom of the motor. Matt, I was talking to Matt today, and he was like, you guys would have never, that car would have never run again. I said, I'd have JB welded everything back Wait, on there. Where is the car He said, what now? do you do when you break it off? It's uh, gone. The scrapyard has it, and it's crushed it. And okay. <laughs> I, didn't know where, I didn't know where the somewhere. title was for it, so the scrapyard got it for free. Oh, um, I know. The title went missing in the hole. Anyways. It's probably in the glove box. Yeah. Matt was like, but y'all would have broken the oil filter off again. And I said, and we would have JB welded it back on. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I no. mean, that is the whole spirit of the gambler. I'd have made a skid plate. Yeah. Well, yeah, so we didn't exactly. do that again. I, I was going to say, is it, but listen, you don't really need an oil filter. Well, yeah, you, you kind of need it to hold the oil into the vehicle. Yeah, that's all you no, really yeah, need just, it for. Yeah, just, just plug the hole, We could have rerouted. Yeah, we could have rerouted the oil. But anyways, uh, the whole spirit was to get it going again. And then I got to looking at it, and so it's a it's a unibody. Yeah. Right? And uh, when William crashed it, the whole rear suspension shifted. The passenger side went back, and the driver's side went forward. And I was like, ah, sidewinding. You know, we can we can plate this thing. We can get everything back. Right? We can plate it. I got to looking at it on the trailer, and I was like, there's so much rust in this thing. We would have to build just a whole new frame for it. And I was like, no, you don't. No, listen. Let her eat, son. No. <laughs> <laughs> let her eat. Live. live. The, the passenger side. Live tire, on the edge. Yeah, the passenger side eat. tire was eating the shit out of the back fender. And so the driver's kept, side tire was hey, eating the shit out of the front fender. Look, man, so, how much did we pay for that thing? Eight hundred bucks. Cut the fender. <laughs> Solves all, buddy. Yeah. It might no it might ride down the road at that, an angle like that, yeah. but it'll the, be yeah. right. it, the it only worth hesitation it, I have is that we'll go get this truck made, and you bastards want to test drive it. That's the problem. No, no you, test drives. You, no, you, you have to test drive. Yeah, you have yeah, to you test, test drive it. it before you come slightly, out. but you can't. Like, Just don't uh, let William listen. Here was my problem. Was I, we were in the woods. I was sober. It was actually, we had done a, a, a BHA. I was sober. He was. I was, I, yeah. We had done that, uh, the BHA meeting. I had met at your your yeah. house that night. And then we was like, let's go to the woods. I said, okay. So we went to the woods and I drove for a long time. And then the other guy that was with us, he was sober as well. He drove for a while. I mean, we were running like railroad grade at like 70 miles an hour. And like it was a, just. Like a cloud. Yeah, it was eaten. It was an animal. And uh, we got down a little back road, and I had hit a few holes, and it, it kind of bottomed out, and I was like, okay, we got to take it easy back here. So I got kind of tired of driving, and I told William, I said, hey, you want to drive? We were standing outside the truck. His his first 
Yeah. So listen, listen. Let <laughs> you should have known when let I, me, yeah, when let I me balanced finish. myself by touching the car. Yeah, we got out of the truck and we had all kind of taken a break because I don't think the AC was the best in it. I didn't know it had AC. Yeah, and we had taken a break, and I said, we were standing outside, hey, William, you want to drive? And he, as he's, like, falling away from the Subaru, he grabs the passenger side handle, and he, like, holds himself up, and he's like, mm-hmm. I want to drive. I was not that drunk. No, I've, no, no, no. I've noticed that in a little bit, you know, that you, um, there are some people that have, like, a steady dissension into drunk. You, on the other hand, have like this long sober as show, and then it's it's a cliff. Wham! <laughs> <laughs> it's like there is there's William, and then there's entirely fucked up William, and there's not. It, it, there's a very steep decline from one to the other. <laughs> That's a hundred percent true. He was already on a steep decline, and we were on a backwoods trail. And then next thing you know, he's just driving it off to the woods, and I cussed him. Up and down for probably two hours. And then we fell asleep in the car. Matt came to got us. And he said, do you think we could drive it? I said, it doesn't have the oil filter on it. No. He's still in the passenger seat. Cranks it up and drives it. I'm like, oh, this car's fucked. (laughs) There's no oil in this car. William just drove it like 500 yards. It's done. You weren't getting that. Ah. You weren't getting Matt's trailer down that that road. (laughs) The other Matt came and got us and pulled us with his Dodge. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I've driven cars a lot further than 500 yards, damn near no oil in them. No, no, no. The oil filter was missing. It has zero oil. It he was cranked it. it out. Yeah, he cranked it. <laughs> it's always a little as residual. Soon as he cranked little it, sticky icky yeah. in there, man. As soon as he cranked it, the rods were knocking. <laughs> oh, yeah. A- a buddy of mine in high school, he had had an old 81 F100 and had the 306 cylinder in it. And his dad had a nice, nice engine sitting on the crate, you know, in the garage. And he told us, he said, you boys blow that, you know, if you blow it 600 up, he said, we'll put that crate motor in there. Okay. man. No we, problem. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, I've tried, I've intentionally blowed up some engines in the past, but this one just didn't want to die. We were our. The mobile straight sixes were tough. Oh, yeah. We're, we were out the south side of the bombing range. And, I mean, we're bahan. I mean, we're getting it. And, you know, I mean, just launching this truck and then it's just landing. And, you know, we're having a blast. And he loses control. We go off, you know, run over some big rocks that were out there that shouldn't have been there. And we put a hole in the oil pan. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, pops. He said, we blow this motor up. We got another motor to put in. Yeah, we drove that truck all the way back from the south side of the bombing range all the way back to Anthony with no oil in it. Holy cow. None. This thing was knocking, hammering. We're like, old man goes out there the next morning, looks, you know, takes his pocket knife and pulls out some of the debris that was in the oil pan, goes ahead and pushes it, you know, taps it back up, welds it up on the truck, you know. Does on the it, truck. Does it Doesn't old even old. unhook the battery. Yeah. No, no, he no, he he didn't use a welder. He did it old school. He fires off the torch with a clothes hanger. Oh, I was saying with yeah. a clothes hanger. Oh, yes, sir, yeah. this oil pan back together and fills it up. Fires the truck off. Not a knock one. The knock goes away. <laughs> We're like, what the hell? All right, not a problem. We're out, you know, we're somewhere I can't remember. 
We friggin' run through the fence, put a post right straight through the radiator. I mean, you heard the fan going, no, 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 because the fan is literally <laughs> chewing the wood, you know, from the fence post. We're fine. We're going to drive this sucker home. <laughs> this truck literally dies on us, I don't know, four or five times driving this 25 miles back to the farm. And it overheated so bad that it just shut off. We'd sit there a little bit. Old man was out of town. He wasn't going to come get us. So we get it back. And uh, next, you know, comes home next day and he sees him. We've done put a hole in the radiator and then tore the grill out of the truck. Yeah, he's not too happy about that. So pulls the fence post out, goes out to that old junk truck he has, pulls the radiator, swats the radiator, fills that sucker up, fires it off. We're thinking it's going to blow the head gasket. It's going to this. Yeah. Truck run fine. <laughs> we could not kill it. You can't kill an old iron block. No, no. <laughs> Actually, what finally killed it was a mail truck. Uh, I remember Chucky was leaving school and he got hit by one of the delivery trucks that would deliver the mail to the local post office. And they hit the truck right, they hit T-boned it and literally split the frame in two on the truck. There you go. So we never got, the old man would never give us the motor to put in. He knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, he laid down the challenge and we were taking the challenge. But we did not win that challenge. Well. On that note, I think we'll catch you guys next week. Ernie, thank you for joining us, man. It's been a blast. With, uh, thank you for having me on. And like I said, uh, June 11th is on a Sunday. We're going to have our road cleanup. And, um, you know, join us on the Facebook page, which is Gambler 4 to 500. Uh, pay attention to the events. You know, we're definitely going to be putting some stuff together. I want to put a memorial cleanup together for, you know, in honor of my daughter. And, you know, I, I just... This is one hell of a legacy that Chris has left me to carry on, you know, and I, I talked, I've talked to him several times. He's enjoying the retirement up in Alabama, <laughs> yeah, playing with his chickens and his goats. And, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're having a real good time. And, you know, he's, he put, he put something together that, you know, we can carry on and I want to carry this on. And, you know, um, don't have a lot of answers about next year's event. Uh, hopefully I will in the next couple of weeks because I want to make sure that everybody's got at least 10 months to work on something, you know, to get going. And once the guys get back from uh, Calingua out there for the Mexican Gambler 500, um, we're hopefully uh, going to sit down and try to iron out this coast to coast and then also see as the summer's coming around to get a, you know, a sink or swim together. Well, we'll put a yeah. uh, we'll put a link to the Facebook group and your website down in the podcast yes. description so people yes. can find that easy. Yeah. And I know we're going to put on a couple more mini bike uh, events. I'm not quite sure when, where. I'm working on that too as well. You just let us know when that moped event's going to come to. Yes, that should be very interesting. I know they were talking about it, so we got to light the fire and say, "All right, boys, what you got figured out?" <laughs> you know. I know uh, I won't be riding a moped. Uh, I will probably be one of the support vehicles to make sure that they get there. <laughs> I will drive the dog piss out of a moped. So, But I do appreciate y'all having us on. And as far as your event this weekend, I do apologize that I will not be able to make it down there. That's but, all right. You know, fat boy missing out on some good crawfish. I mean, <laughs> Uh, I about put the Chinese restaurant out of t- you know out of business up there at China Lee Buffet for the uh, crawfish. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple yeah. hundred of our closest friends there, so one less person we have to worry about. So. Yeah, but you know, 
I hope y'all uh, do very well, and I appreciate y'all. We are. Thank you. So. Thank you, sir. All right. We'll catch you guys next week.